Hey there, wine fans, and welcome back to another new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. It is a holiday weekend here in the United States, and if you are listening to this in the future, let me tell you that in the past, there were these um, specific days on the calendar called holidays, uh, when people uh, went out of their homes, they gathered in groups, uh, typically in large groups, and they celebrated. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what that means anymore uh, since we're in the future now, but I do know that it was uh, kind of like having a Zoom party, but without Zoom. Again, it's hard to picture, but that is what a holiday was for those of you listening in the future. And so happy Memorial Day weekend. That's a holiday weekend here in the United States. And you might celebrate a holiday weekend by having a little bit of wine, even if you are locked inside a room alone. And that's what I'm here to do. Drink some wine with you in a room alone here on a new episode of Chris Tries to Review Wine. Hit it, guys. Recording live in New York, it's Chris Tries to Review Wine with your host, Chris. And that that's it. That's the whole theme song now. Here he is, Chris! (laughs) And welcome back to a brand new at-home edition of Chris Tries to Review Wine. If you're wondering what a uh, not-at-home edition looks like, well, you can scroll back in the feed and you will see not too long ago, in the feed, we did an episode live at Dixon Place during um, the before times where we quizzed our guests. Guests, can you imagine allowing guests into your home, let alone meeting them in a public environment? That's horrifying, but we had guests. And those guests played fun games with us. So if you like the idea of this, but you would like to hear other voices or, whoa, sound effects, check out that previous episode. It is only five six episodes down in the feed. I don't know. You're the one holding a phone right now. But in the meantime, I'm your host, Chris Barlow, and we're here in a new season, a pandemic season for sure, but that's okay because I am so excited to be back recording inside this hot and humid wardrobe. And if you've been listening previously, it was only hot. Uh, But with Memorial Day weekend here, I'm thrilled to announce that this cavern of wool blend sweaters and plaid flannel is now also extremely humid. (laughs) It's really great to have summer here. And of course, I'm here in that forest of hipster clothing, not because I choose to be. No, no. I'm here because it's my calling. Yes, I know the world has turned upside down, and in these challenging times, I'm here to be your rock of consistency. Or or at least I will try to be your rock of consistency until I decide to take another hiatus. I don't know. But until then, I'm here consistently trying to review wines that that this season come from a popular wine delivery service. You might have heard me mention it before, uh, but also you might have been drinking before, so I'll mention it again. That service is Bright Cellars. And before you continue, I want to make it perfectly clear that I am not being paid by Bright Cellars. Uh, But also, if you continue listening, that will become obvious. So, Bright Cellars. Bright Cellars initially sent me a box of six wines. I'd filled out this survey that kind of felt 
basic, but I felt cool. They're trying to get to know me. We're going to refine my palate over time, and, and I'm open to it. I'm into it. But that first box of six wines, which contained uh, four red and two white, four red that I tried to review here on the podcast because I can only try, uh, and uh, those those wines, ah, I was hit or miss. Two of them I actually did like, and, and I, I want to take a moment to recap because, you know, um, we have time. So those two that I liked, they were called Pet Name, Pet Name Petite Syrah. I just like saying it, Pet Name Petite Syrah, uh, which I'm told was the winner of last episode's Petite Syrah Showdown. Who knows? I can't remember. Uh, but I also enjoyed the Folk and Fable, Folk and Fable, which was a bourbon barrel-aged red. And of course, that confirms my theory that I'll enjoy any wine that's been aged in a bourbon barrel, not just because I love bourbon, maybe too much, but also because it is a lot of fun to say bourbon barrel aged red. Bourbon barrel aged red. Bourbon barrel aged red. <laughs> so bourbon barrel aged red. It's, it's just fun, especially if you've been drinking. But of course, <clears throat> with standouts, there were some that hmm, left me underwhelmed. And that is where the rest of Box 1 from Bright Cellars comes into play. It began with um, Obscura's Petite Syrah, the loser of last week's uh, Petite Syrah showdown, again, I'm told. Uh, that one, you know, I, I'm not a big Petite Syrah fan to begin with, but it's not because I don't like the flavors. In fact, what I learned from the pet name is that I need to be buying some more Petite Syrah. So instead, with the Obscura, I found the uh, exciting new flavors I discovered obscured by kind of a dry blandness. So in a way, it did meet the um, uh, promise on the label. It, it, it was true to its advertising. However, I was hoping for a less obscured flavor. Uh, the other red we tasted here on the podcast was Whistling Arrow Zinfandel. Whistling Arrow, uh, which uh, I don't remember liking. I don't love Zinfandel, so let's assume I didn't like it. And, you know, I also don't remember hating it, uh, but again, that was a while ago. But, you know, according to the exciting Bright Cellars trading card sitting right in front of me, that Whistling Arrow Zinfandel led with flavors of strawberry. And I hate that in a red wine. So let's assume again that I really did not like uh, Whistling Arrow Zinfandel. And yes before you say it to yourself and hope I hear it from far away. Yes, I realize I could go listen to that episode or, or you know, even just like scroll back in my podcast feed and skim through it a little bit, maybe get another ad impression for myself. But, you know, I'm a busy man. I don't have time to give myself another ad impression when instead I could spend my time talking to you about important things, things that matter, things like trading cards. Because that's right. As I mentioned in the original review of uh, that Whistling Arrow Zinfandel, every box from Bright Cellars includes these very cute trading cards for all of the wines in the box. Uh, they have a design on the front of the card, like the label on the front of the wine, and then on the back of the card, it's, it's kind of like a baseball card. It has these fun facts, the stats about your wine, and, uh, you know, that is exciting. That's a fun way to learn about a wine if 
Bright Sellers delivers all of those cards to you. Uh, in the previous box, they delivered five out of six cards to me. And this week, I received my second box from Bright Sellers. Very exciting. We're going to dig in in just a moment. But first, I have to point out that they actually um, sent me even fewer correct cards this time. This time, I received a deck that was missing two cards and had a duplicate card for one of the wines. And uh, that might sound uh, really stupid to bring up right now because it, it is a stupid thing thing, but it also made me briefly think that Bright Sellers has sent me two of the same wine this month, which is, you know, not a great way to try new wines. Uh, but to be clear, they did not send me two of the same wine. Instead, they're just incapable of sending me uh, the correct cards describing the wines I'm tasting, which is fine. I don't care. I'm going to drink them anyway. But I, I will point out that they did manage to send me some coupons for several knockoff Blue Apron services with names so generic I've already forgotten them, and I wouldn't be surprised if I found out that those coupons were actually just leftover props from the last season of Silicon Valley. Uh, but again, they did not send me the cards about uh, all of the wines. And that's exciting uh, because tonight we will taste one of the wines they told me nothing about. I thought, okay, you don't want to tell me what I'm going to drink? Then fine. I'm going to find out myself after the break. And we're back to Chris Tries to Review Wine, where this episode is kind of serving as a bridge. A bridge between boxes, if you will. For you see, last week, we finished box one from Bright Cellars. And today, today we begin box two. Box two contained five reds and one white. And at this point, you're probably wondering, Chris, when are you going to try to review any of these white wines? Uh, to which I have a very clear response. And I, I'm going to just um, be honest with you here. Uh, personally... As a human being, I believe there is a limit to how much bad news people can handle at one time. And so I've decided to refrain telling you anything about these white wines until uh, the current global calamity has ended. Although, um, I, I will say that the global calamity is the only thing that has made those white wines drinkable. Anyway, today we're tasting another red wine, specifically the mystery red wine in this new box. This, this red wine came with no tasting card. I don't know what to expect, but I will tell you what it's called. It's called Cardella, Cardella Sangiovese. A and I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, ooh, Sangiovese. Finally, a delicious Italian wine. And, and I can see why you think that, because, again, I've been saying Sangiovese a lot. And um, if you're not familiar, uh, I'll fill you in. Sangiovese, uh, Italian grape, very famous Italian grape. In fact, in fact, if you just went to a like bistro in Italy, um, if you were allowed to do that, uh, you could just walk up and be like Sangiovese. And honestly, whatever they pour you will be delicious. Uh, so, you know. You would expect a Sangiovese to perhaps be Italian, because no one knows the Sangiovese grape better than the Italians, which is why I'm thrilled to tell you that this uh, Sangiovese is from California. Yeah. And, I mean, listen, sure, I love California. Or, more accurately, I love their wines. So I'm not here to complain about California. Or, again, more specifically, their wines. But I picked Bright Sellers as a delivery service over a competitor's delivery service because uh, said competitor focused exclusively on California wines. That was part of their pitch. And, uh, you know, as much as those are great, they're only from California. And so I picked Bright Sellers because they promised to source wines from exotic locales. 
which in hindsight probably just meant unpopular parts of California. But it is worth pointing this out because it leads to a pretty important wine fact. And you know, here at Chris Dreister View Wine, we're all about educational wine facts. So here we go. Wine fact. One of the few remaining reasons it is enjoyable to live in the United States of America is the fact that California is one of the states in America. So, you know, getting a good California wine doesn't actually require a subscription service or an algorithm to match you with that wine, or, or a series of unpredictable FedEx deliveries that will literally be impossible to continue receiving when or if this pandemic ever ends. But good news, that's a big if. <laughs> you know, here at Chris Tries to Review Wine, I've been trying to review cheap California wines for years now, and literally no one told me I could have just started a generic e-commerce startup instead, but you know, you live and learn, or as the Italians are well known for saying in their native tongue, c'est la vie. And on that note, let's taste some Sangiovese, beginning as always with the sniff. <clears throat> oh, 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 some spicy, exasperated plums there. Wow. But before you can ask me what that meant, I'm going to take a sip. <clears throat> Ooh. Actually, okay, spicy, yes. Exasperated? Well, uh, maybe I will get exasperated with it, but not yet. And plums? For sure. Because uh, upon sipping this wine, I, I feel like someone just fed me a, a bag of really sophisticated pop rocks. Uh, what I'm trying to say is my tongue is a poppin' with flavor. And specifically, those flavors would be a lot of dark fruits like black cherry and plum. Uh, there is a bit of vanilla in there, but I'm really focused on that, that dark fruit, black cherry, plum. I love a wine that tastes like fruits that I never eat. Yeah, I actually do. And there's also kind of a spicy complexity going on here that I almost want to describe as a little nutty. Uh, but if any other flavors manage to bust through that nuttiness, then we'd be in a situation where I'm busting a nut. And speaking from experience, I can tell you that nobody wants me to bust a nut. Just nobody. I I've, I've asked. So instead, I'm going to turn to the label on this wine, because while Bright Cellars failed to give me the collectible trading card of my dreams, this Cardilla Sangiovese still has something to say for itself. That's right, it's a return of one of my favorite segments, perhaps our favorite segment of all time. You know what it's called. It's called Dramatic Readings of Wine Labels. <laughs> Cardella. In 1902, when Carlo Cardella immigrated from Lucca, a province in Italy's famed Tuscany region, he brought with him old world secrets that are still reflected in his family's wines four generations later. This Sangiovese comes from our family vineyard on the west side of the San Joaquin Valley. It was hand-picked under the early morning sun, then promptly crushed and fermented in temperature-controlled vessels. From there it aged and evolved for 18 months in French and Hungarian oak barrels. 
technical details. Uh, uh, at harvest, it was about 25.6 degrees, the pH of 3.6. Wow, wow, that is a pH. Color, dark red. Aroma, ripe cherry and plum jam with a hint of vanilla and toasted oak. Taste, very smooth and fruity with a great balance and finesse. Notes, medium bodied with intense fruit aromas and great complexity. Whew, wow. Oh boy. That was actually, whew. That was like a lot of information. It was like way more information than I actually ever would have found on one of those Bright Sellers trading cards. But you know, I, I guess I have to stop beating up on Bright Sellers for a second because I am legitimately enjoying this Cardella Sangiovese. Um, am I enjoying it as much as I enjoy a Sangiovese that's actually from Italy? No, of course not. That's crazy. But I am enjoying the idea of a Sangiovese right now. After reading that label, aren't you enjoying the idea of a Sangiovese? <laughs> I don't know. So I'm here to tell you that despite my early reservations, I'm actually enjoying this, and I'm here to give Cardilla Sangiovese a solid, you know, 3.8? Yeah, let's say 3.8. You're almost a 4, baby. And if you keep reaching one day, you might be, huh? It rounds up, and that's all that matters. Here on Chris Tries to Review Wine, where the rounding is really the factor in my scores, I just think uh, if I had to represent it in the emoji for a star, how many emoji stars am I giving this? And this is four emoji stars. Uh, 3.8, but that's four emoji stars. So uh, consider that an endorsement of Sangiovese just in general. Next time you're picking up a red wine, oh, consider trying a Sangiovese. And if you hate it, that's your fault. You don't like Sangiovese. You shouldn't have taken my advice. But you will have learned something as well. And, you know, we're all about learning here on Chris Tries to Review Wine, which is why I'll be back next week to dig into another bottle from this brand new box from Bright Cellars. But until then, a serious note from all of us at Chris Tries to Review Wine, which is mostly me and my dog, happy Memorial Day. I actually want to say thank you to all of our first responders, uh, educators, grocery store personnel, everybody who's actually doing the hard work of keeping things going right now. And, of course, a huge thank you to everyone who works at your neighborhood liquor store. And if you don't live in a state that has bizarre Puritan laws that force liquor to be hidden within a small store dedicated only to it, kind of like a church for liquor, well, let me tell you that these pastors of our liquor churches, they're the true heroes. Anyway, my name is Chris. I tried to review some wine. I'll see you next week. Credits. Chris Tries to Review Wine is created and produced and just, you know, generally made by Chris Barlow. Uh, he thanks you so much for listening and would love to know your thoughts. Find him on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. And uh, be sure to rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts. Tell people about it. And, you know, if you are learning anything, I'd love to know what it is. If you have a wine recommendation, I'd love to have you send it my way. Again, I'm on Twitter at I am Chris Barlow. I'll see you here next week to try and review more wine. Thank <laughs> you.